Listening to the Nick's State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Silver with the next pick. With the eighth pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select Frank Nidakina from Strasbourg, France, and Hello, everybody, and welcome to the eighth episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy. We're going to jump right into it. And where we are going to begin, I guess, is where you have to begin with the Knicks' eighth pick of the draft, bringing in Frank Nielakina. Now, when it was announced, the Knicks State of Mind radio uh, Twitter page sent out a poll asking the fans, did the New York Knicks make the right choice? And 58% said no, 42% said yes. So, Chip, what do you think of that? You think, do you think the Knicks made the right choice with the eighth pick? Well, I think Malik Monk would have been a better choice for the team. But, like I said last week, for the triangle, unfortunately, because I feel the same way about the triangle as you do, mm. Frank Nielakina is the right choice. He is uh, a triangle point guard and a triangle player. Although I think Malik Monk would have been fine in that system. He would have scored and put up numbers. But Phil Jackson sees Frank uh, running the triangle offense for a long time. And, yeah, he's a, I mean, he's a team first guy. He's very uh, unselfish. He's a... That's his uh, main asset right now. His main assets are his uh, defense, which is the Knicks' biggest need, and uh, his passing abilities. So, I mean, yeah, he checks a couple of boxes that the Knicks need. But like we were talking about before the show, is he even going to be able to start next year? Mm -hmm. He might only be able to play limited minutes because who knows? He's very young. And there's, yeah, there's been questions about whether or not he's going to, how much he's going to be able to play. But, you know, like the optimistic Knicks fans are saying, we said the same thing about Porzingis. Yeah. But uh, to me, it's a little different. Porzingis was a seven foot three freak of nature. So he had that advantage of being able to shoot over people, being able to jump over people. Frank doesn't have that advantage, and Frank's also not a scorer. Yeah, he's a passer who creates for other people. So, I mean, he, uh, yeah, like I said, he's a he's not a scorer, so he's not going to have that advantage. Um, I don't know. What do you think about the pick? Well, what I, I see, know you wanted Dennis Smith. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember telling you right there. I'm going to need a few minutes to rant about it, but I, I calmed down just yeah, a can. little bit. A little bit. It still kind of was uh, heartbreaking for me to see Dennis Smith Jr. get taken uh, right after the Knicks picked. 
uh, to Dallas, and I, I couldn't even watch it. I shut off the TV just for that moment, just just to <laughs> get that few minutes, just pretend like it never happened and I never saw it. Um, but first off, I saw the poll that was put out, and I knew the answer would be no. I think there is plenty of supporters for either Malik Monk or Dennis Smith Jr. to put on a Nick uniform. Um, now, Neil Aquino, like we just said, the question is, can he be a starter right away? Well, you heard from the draft analysts um, that they said, yeah, that he should be able to jump right in and be a starter. To me, I don't understand that. How, and, and the way I mean, what I mean by that is he's playing in France right now. He comes off the bench, plays 19 minutes a game. So how in the world do you go from a bench player in the French League to a starter in the NBA, which the last time I checked, the NBA is the best league in the world? How does that, how does that happen? It doesn't make any sense to me at all. I don't see him as a starter. Now, I am going to give him a chance. Um, you know, you talked about Przingis a little bit, and yes, there is a major difference, but I, he deserves a chance. I'm not going to do what I did in 2014 with Przingis when I was mad at the world. You know, I wasn't the guy screaming and booing, but when people asked me what I thought, I just shook my head like, you got to be kidding me, and it worked out great. So I'm not going to sit here and totally bash Franklin Lakina because he deserves a chance to show what he can do. I mean, but it's no secret how I feel that I, I think the Knicks left better talent on the board. And again, they picked for the system. A lot of people that are supportive of the triangle, I can see the point when they're saying that if you're going to run the triangle, when if you're going to give it a true shot, then you've got to find players that fit it. So does he fit it? Yes. I understand all that. But when it's all said and done, I think the Knicks are going to regret leaving Dennis Smith Jr., especially on the board, and obviously even had a chance to get Malik Monk. We even hear that Monk was shocked that the Knicks did pass on him. And Michael Jordan even said that I'm shocked that the New York Knicks did not take him. Uh, To me, with those kind of players – I think there's a lot of pressure on Neil Aquino right off the bat. I mean, other talented players you left on the board who I think are going to have an impact right away. If Neil Aquino doesn't and he turns out not to be anything, it's just, just another disappointment for the New York Knicks. So to me, I am a little nervous, but I'm going to give him a chance. And Chip, what I want to ask you is, Let's talk about his his ceiling. Basically, you know, people say that the potential's there. The wingspan, um, seven feet wingspan. So, has some intangibles yeah. that can help him. But where do you what what do you think that Frank Nealakina's career is going to be? Um, do you think? Because right now, I think I don't know if he's going to be a starter. I, I'm pretty sure you don't feel like he's a starter right now. Do you think he can become a starter, become a star player, maybe a, a or just a role player or just a complete bust? What 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 is your feelings towards him? I think his ceiling is NBA starter. Like, you know, when even when Chris Stapps came into the league, you know that the draft people who were 
high on him said, like, this guy can be an all-star, maybe even a superstar. You know, there were people saying that. You're not hearing people say that about Frank, really. You're hearing him say, like, he can be a legit... Like, Fran Fraschilla said that Frank could be the Knicks point guard for the next 10 years, but he also said he didn't see him as an NBA all-star. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows more about international prospects than Fran Fraschilla. So he's watched a lot of Frank Nielakina. So would we settle for a guy who could be a, our point guard for the next 10 years? Of course. But I don't expect anything special from Frank. Um, just uh, Frank, uh, Frank Fraschilla calls him a solid NBA starter. That is, uh, I'd settle for that after all the nonsense, <clears throat> all the nonsense we've had at point guard for so long. If we could have a solid, consistent NBA starter at point guard for the next ten years, that'd be nice. But you know, who knows? I mean. Uh, there's always going to be a stigma attached to international prospects. And as you said, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him next year because of that. So if he, like, say he plays, I don't know, 10 minutes a game next year, and he looks like crap, Matt, you know, which is possible. Mm-hmm. You know, he's an international player uh, uh, learning the NBA game, so he might look bad. It's going to be rough going into his second year. So Kristaps uh, was able to adjust much quicker than people thought. So, yeah, it's – I don't know. I, I don't see him as an all-star, but I think his ceiling, yeah, is NBA starter. I, I think he – if he just turns into a role player and not even a starter, that would be very disappointing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just the thing. If he turns out to be a, a starter, a solid starter, a guy that you know sets up his teammates and, and – defends yes you're getting production Mm -hmm. yes it's not a complete waste but again i will bet money that either dennis smith jr and that that is my guy that's who i will go with in this draft again or malik monk one of those guys i have a feeling is going to be an all-star so even if neil akina turns out to be a a solid starter one of those guys turn out to be an all-star I still think you're kicking yourself in in the butt that you didn't take somebody that's playing at an all-star level. I just – I think it's a very risky. I'm hoping that it works out. Um, but, you know, I, I don't I don't really know if he's ever going to be a, a, a solid starter. If my, my opinion right off the bat is I think that he's always going to be kind of a role player. And, I mean, can you still get some benefit from that? Of course. But, again, when you left some people on the board that have a much higher ceiling, in my opinion, I think it's going to hurt. I don't see Frank Nielakina ever becoming an NBA, uh, you know, all-star point guard. But, you know, time will only tell, and I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping that he proves a lot of people wrong who say he can't become an all-star because I think that's something the Knicks desperately need. Um, I will say what I like about him is that he is very committed to the defensive end. Um, that's something that, you know, we've talked about several times on the show that, especially at the point guard position, defense has been an issue. And his length certainly helps him cover multiple positions, not just point guards. He covers shooting guards. He can even cover forwards. 
So if anything, you can at least get some defensive potential from him. And I, I do like that about him. And in fact, that's one of the things uh, Jackson said, Phil Jackson said that one of the reasons why they took him was because of his defensive ability and how he commits himself onto that end of the floor. But to me, Chip, I, I'm going to ask you, do you think, because it, it is a, a need that the Knicks needed. They need defensive-minded guys, but they also needed a, a premier score. So do you think that the Knicks should have probably have gone with this defensive-minded guy or, or the, the best scorer? I'm kind of curious. I know you're not necessarily on uh, Frank Nielakina being the pick, but if you were Phil Jackson, would you have taken the defensive-minded guy or, or the best scorer? What do you think the Knicks need more? Well, if, I'm, if I was Phil Jackson, all I would think about all day was the triangle offense. So I would have taken the guy who was the best fit for the triangle because that's all I care about. So, But if I was a rational general manager, in my opinion, the best pick would have been Malik Monk because I think he has – I know you love Dennis Smith Jr., but I think Malik Monk has the most upside of all three of those guys. And when you're – and he's going to score, like we talked about last week, Dennis Smith's going to play really well next year. Malik Monk's going to put up numbers next year. Frank Nielakina is not going to do anything next year. Mm-hmm. Chances are, like, he might not even play very much next year. So, uh, you're, when you draft Frank in the top 10, you're basically saying to the fans, we don't expect to be good again next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're we're going to suck again, guys. Sorry. <laughs> yep. As if you didn't already know, well, now we're admitting it. You. And kind of like, you know, Obviously, I wanted Dennis Smith Jr., but if the Knicks would have took Malik Monk, I, I wouldn't have been as upset because I agree with you. I think you know he's mm-hmm. going to be a, a premier scorer in this league. Um, but mm-hmm. Frank Nielakina is one of these picks that it, it just better work out. I cannot take another heartbreak. Um, uh, I'm not, again, not trying to be so negative on him because he deserves a chance. Um, you know, I know people are getting excited about the things that he's saying. Like, you know, I think me and Przingis are going to work well together, especially in the pick and roll, blah, 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 blah. And people get excited hearing that. Mm-hmm. But that's just talk. Show me. That's what I think Nick fans really want to see. I mean, yeah, he's saying all the right things, which is great. But we need production. We don't need talk. We need a guy that can come in and, and do his job so it's again i think it's a very risky pick it's a phil jackson type move i mean i'll tell you what if his fails it's just another defeat or another negative aspect of his time in new york uh so if this doesn't work out if this was a total bomb i don't see how you can keep phil jackson anymore i think this has literally got to be the last straw if he screws up once again. Um, now, I'm kind of curious because you know, I heard Phil Jackson say that we debated a lot about this in the front office, coaching staff, on the guy to take. But in the end, uh, Frank Neal Aquino was the right guy. Do you buy that he actually was listening 
to other members of the organization, or do you think it was just Phil was going to do what Phil wanted? Uh, I think he has the one guy he really listens to, uh, Clarence Gaines, who he worked with in Chicago back when he was a coach with the Bulls. That's like his, I read the article, that's like his one, that's like his right hand man. I think he really takes that guy seriously, listens to him. Uh, I think he listens to his guys, but I think ultimately, like any other shot caller, big time executive, like, you know, like Pat Riley, uh, like Magic Johnson is now, he has the final say and if he really wanted Frank, even if everybody else was like, oh, we should take Dennis Smith, he'd be like, no, we're taking Frank. But in this case, given the way that this Knicks organization has drafted and signed players, I think probably uh, everybody was on board with the Frank pick. It seems like a very international uh, aligned regime. They all, they're going after international players. That seems to be their thing. So, I mean, they drafted... Another a Serbian player in the second round, who we'll talk about later. So, yeah, it wasn't. I doubt there was any dissent about the pick. I really doubt that. And I think that's going to wrap it up for our first segment. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the next second round picks. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at at Chipper Murphy. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. So we're moving on to our second round selection and we're going to start with the Knicks uh, second round pick, their first second round pick, the 44th overall, Damian Dotson from Houston. Chip, what do you think about this pick? Do you like this pick? I love this pick. We were just talking about him and... He's a great three-point shooter. I mean, he led the uh, American Conference in three-point shooting this year, uh, shot over 44%, and he took 245 threes. So he was putting them up at an extremely high clip. And I like the fact that he had a pretty tough journey to get to where he went. Mm -hmm. You know, he played the first two years of his career at Oregon, and he transferred to Houston, and he wasn't a shooter the first two years of his career. You know, the first two years at Oregon, he shot 32% and 31% from three-point range. So he didn't really develop his shot until he got to Houston. And then it obviously perfected it when he got uh, this past season. So, yeah, I like He's obviously a hard worker. He's 23 years old. He's one of those guys, I think if he was maybe a year or two younger, he probably would have went in the first round. Um, not really much of a player off the dribble. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a really effective catch-and-shoot guy for us, though. And, yeah, I like the pick a lot. I like that. Uh, I wanted – we talked about what they need on the show last week. I, we all agreed they need a guy who can make threes. They didn't have a lot of shooter, mm-hmm. a lot of shooters last year. And he's a guy who can make threes. I think it was a really good pick for I agree with you. I think somebody like Josh Hart was selected 30th. Um, yeah, he was 
Yeah, that was depressing. I really yeah. was hoping he'd fall somehow, yeah. <laughs> and, and that was, again, kind of wishful thinking. I, I figured he would be gone, but I think that's the guy that Nick fans would have absolutely loved to have. But with him yeah, being we gone... we talked about him. That would have been amazing. That would have been a really good pick, but I got to say they found a kid that does exactly that. I, I really do like this pick. Uh, Dotson... Uh, I gave him, in my draft grade, I gave him a B-, and by the way, for Frank Nielakina, I gave him a B. Um, but Dotson, I gave a, okay. a B- to. And like as you said, his bread and butter is his shooting. He, he's a guy that, you mentioned mm-hmm. the amount of three-point shot attempts that he took for the season. He averaged 7.7 three-point attempts per game. So... You know, the guy has the when in doubt shoot mentality. And, and Chip, we were just kind of talking about this before because you know, I got some humor from this. Uh, there was a man in uh, one of the Nick fan pages <laughs> that we post articles in and um, post this podcast even. And, and I, if he's listening, he told me that – and I'm not going to mention his name. So if he's listening, uh, he told me because I wrote that he has a when in doubt shoot mentality. And he quoted that. And told me that made no sense, and I'm illiterate. So, <laughs> the life of being a writer, it, at first it really scared me. Like, I, I put something really bad, but I, I just want to explain to him that that's a, a term used for a shooter. It's actually a reference to J.R. Smith, who I you know compared that to. Um, you know, J.R. Smith to saying, when in doubt, shoot the basketball. That's his mentality, and that's something that Dotson has. Uh, so just want to clarify for that, that fan that told me I'm illiterate. Uh, maybe you should get familiar with the basketball lingo. I don't want to be that guy that just came on here and, and um, you know, tries to get into a argument with a, a fan, but I, I had to respond to that. Or, I had to respond to that. Or maybe not go cruising for, maybe not go cruising basketball sites for grammatical errors. Exactly. That guy. I mean, even if I had a like, error, which I, I work very hard to try to edit it, our editors do as well, um, but it's like a 1,200-word uh, piece, so that's a lot of words, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, so, always, it's always nice when you, work, when you work out a thousand words and some clown comes along and points out one mistake you made in 12,000 words, in, in 1,200 words. <laughs> we should ask him to apply. For an editor position yeah, at exactly. Elite Sports, he'll show us how it's done. Um, but I just had to, I had I had to put that in there because it just, it brought me humor. It really did. Um, but back on to Dotson and, and why I like him. Um, you said you know not much of a, on the dribble type player. Now he does have a, a decent pull up jump shot. Uh, he did shoot forty one percent off the dribble shooting the ball, but where he is kind of useless is he does not attack the basket. Um, he actually only yeah, got yeah, to the, that's what I, that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. He only gets to the foul line 1.7 times per game. So he's not somebody that's attacking the rim and he has some athletic ability. I mean, the guy has a 38 inch vertical. Use that, use that attack the basket. Um, Cause when he has the opportunity to dunk the basketball, he, he could throw down some nasty dunks. Um, so I, I would like to see him develop that. Really take the ball, 
to the basket, use your athletic ability, and finish. Um, and, and like I said, I think that's another reason, kind of like you said, actually, that he's 23 years old, which probably helped him fall to the second round. Uh, I think also that aspect of not really doing anything else but shooting the ball certainly affected his draft stock. And I think if he can bring that element to his game, attacking the basket, finishing around the rim, I mean, he could be some kind of player. Because, number one, if you can shoot the three ball in today's NBA game, you have a spot. I mean, that's just the way it is. He has a place in this league if he can come in and knock down shots, which I believe that he can. Looking at his jump shot form, uh, he has a quick release. He has a high release. Helps him get his shots off. And again, with that vertical, he jumps high. I mean, that that's tough to block. And I, I think he's somebody that's going to get his shots off. Now, here's the thing that I'm concerned about with him. The lack of ball movement that the New York Knicks have, uh, if Carmelo Anthony's still on the team, the ball sits with him a whole lot, about 18 seconds of possession on the shot clock. A player like this, and I think it even affects Courtney Lee, to get those guys the shots they need, you need to have the ball moving. You need to have bodies moving to free those guys up. So if the offense gets stagnant, you're not going to get the most out of him because, again, he's primarily just a catch-and-shoot shooter. And that's one thing that kind of concerns me about him because if they're stagnant and the ball movement's not there, or even if he's not having a great shooting night, he's he's kind of useless on the floor. Um, so I think that aspect has certainly pushed him back to the second round. But another thing that I love about him is the wingspan of six foot nine. So has again with that athletic uh, vertical leap that he has with that wingspan, he's a guy that can card on the perimeter. He's he's a very physical on ball defender, and there is that three and D potential with him, and, and that's very valuable in today's game. So I, I really really like that aspect about him and again I think the one thing that he absolutely needs to work on is just being able to attack the basket if he does that I think that he can be some kind of player good pick a steal for the next maybe at the 44th pick do you do you agree with that chip yeah I do I think he can be a steal I think uh I like taking him at 44 uh, a guy who's proven Look, the shooters are always going to be able to shoot no matter what level they're at. Mm-hmm. So you know he's going to be able to make threes. And I like to get the thought of taking a guy with a proven skill. Uh, he's not a project. So he's 23 years old. You know what you're getting. And I think he'll play next year. So, yeah. And I also, when I was reading up on him, I saw that they think he has the potential to be able to guard shooting guards and point guards mm-hmm. next year. So that's kind of encouraging. Um, yeah, I, I like to pick a lot. I like to pick a lot. And, and again, you know, he is a physical on-ball defender, so he, he de- definitely has some value on the defensive side of things, too. This is not just a three-point shooter. He, he can play defense as well. So that's another aspect that, that can really work out for him and mm-hmm. the Knicks. Um, but next was the the Knicks' second second-round pick, 58th overall, Oyen Juramis from Serbia. Um, I'm very proud of myself. I have to pat myself on the back. I pronounce the name correctly. Even if it's not fully, like, perfect, 
It's close enough. You know who I'm talking about. I didn't completely butcher the name, I don't think. <laughs> I worked hard on getting this for you and all the fans at Nick's State of Mind Podcast <laughs> to pronounce a name right. So I am going to pat myself on the back, feel good about myself. Now, with that being said, Chip, what do you think about him? I think you learned that guy's name for absolutely no reason. <laughs> because I'm not sure what I'm not sure we'll ever see him in a Knicks uniform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, I told you before the show what uh, Fred Fraschilla said, direct quote, chances are he'll never play in the NBA and Knicks fans will never see him other than Summer League. Yeah. He's an older international kid, very limited upside, hard-nosed competitor, but he's not really a great athlete or shooter. So, I mean, he's 21 years old, which I guess is pretty old for uh for taking an international player. Normally, when you take those guys, they're teenagers. Yep. But, uh, you know, the Knicks, the Knicks did sign uh, Kuzminskis last year, and he was 27 years old. Yep. So it's not really surprising for the Knicks to take an, an international player that's considered older. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's going to play with the summer league team, which their first practice is actually uh, Wednesday, so tomorrow, recording on Tuesday. But I seriously doubt he'll be on the team next year. I think he's going to be a stash. And look, Fran Fraschilla says chances are he'll never play in the mm-hmm. NBA. So that's not very encouraging. That's no. what I think of the thing. Not very, I'm not very encouraged. <laughs> I gave him a C-plus because not much is known about him. It was kind of tricky. Um, and based on... The little things that I've seen on him, it's that's that's the only reason why I gave him this grade because, like you said, he the negative aspect of him, he's a terrible shooter. He he is hideous shooting the basketball. Uh, I, I think I wrote, yeah, he has twenty eight percent, or he shot twenty eight percent from the three point line. That that's horrendous. That won't Jeez, get it done. Christ, it's terrible. That's pretty much pathetic. Um, not not much really to talk about there. Now, the thing that makes him possibly an option later down the road, because as you mentioned, he is going to be a stash player. This is not a guy that you will see on the roster next year. It's not going to happen. So he could be a few years away, or perhaps we've wasted the 58th pick and we never see him. Um, but he, he's a guy, he has size and, and speed. He likes to get the basketball and just go downhill with it. Um and the athletic ability that he does have is, is again, a leaping ability. Um, you, you, what's known about him is that when he attacks the basket, he attempts to try to break the rim every time that he gets there. So he tries to play above the rim. And, I mean, I, from that aspect, if you can control it and get a guard that's looking to push the ball, looking to finish strongly around the rim, it could work. I have also heard that he does display good vision and he finds his teammates for good open looks. And he can actually be a weapon in the pick and roll because his ball handling, they say, is solid. And again, with that vision. Now, shooting is not necessarily where he's going to be effective in the pick and roll. If they sag off and give him a shot, that's something that he would have to improve on. And then on the defensive side of things, he or on the defensive side of the ball, I should say, uh, he 
does pressure the ball and he stays active. But again, that's all you really have on him. Not much is known about him. And I, I, I don't know if we'll ever see him in the Nick uniform other than the summer league, which actually starts July 1st. And now that we're talking about the summer league, just for a quick second, that is another, uh, guess another reason why I hate Phil Jackson. Cause I know this was last year that they decided this, but they play their summer league in Orlando. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Like I like the Vegas and I know this is going to sound really pathetic, but I don't care. The Vegas has that massive tournament at the end, so you can be a summer league champion. The Knicks are not competing for a real champion anytime soon, so no no realistic chance of a championship coming to New York. I would take a summer league championship. So I would like to get back to Vegas and make that our season. You know, those few games there really go all in and trying to win a summer league championship. Pathetic, I know. But... It would make me you feel like want to win a summer league title. Yes, Chip. It would make me feel like we won something. Like when the Knicks don't, if they <laughs> if they don't make the playoffs next year, and I get people coming at me like your Knicks yeah. team suck, man. Like they they don't make the playoffs. I'd be like summer league champs, bro. Come at me. I think you oh, know. I got all, something. If they don't make the playoffs, yeah. <laughs> but I, I can always fall back on that summer league and. and Phil Jackson says he doesn't like the Vegas scenery, so that's why he left. Shame on him. Put him back in Vegas. Put him back in Vegas. Let's try to win a Vegas all, Summer League championship. When has Phil Jackson ever been to Vegas? Phil Jackson's never been to Vegas. <laughs> he, I guess he thinks his players are going to gamble their lives away or, or, and then the nightlife that's crazy in oh Las Vegas. God. But you know what? If it results in a Summer League championship, duh, do it. So I can have something to talk about. <laughs> I mean, some people are out thinking this kid is crazy. Like he's talking about a summer league championship. Guys, let's be honest. That's that's the only chance we have to win a championship. To to have something. So I had that little rant there just just for a quick second. And <laughs> so we we discussed the second round picks, and we're talking about summer league right now. So I guess it's a little unexpected. But I'm just kind of curious, really quick, before we wrap up this segment, Chip. Out of the guys that were undrafted, brought in to play on the summer league team, which one of those guys do you like? I know you wrote a few articles this week on guys that were picked up in the summer league. Do you have the names of a few of the options that the Knicks uh, picked up? I know Barry from. Well, I like Nigel. Yeah, uh, Rick Barry's kid Canyon mm-hmm. is definitely. Uh, somebody to look out for. I don't think he'll make the team. I could see him in the D League though. Yeah, another um, shooter. I I, I like uh, Nigel Hayes. Could make the team. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a big body, and uh, the Knicks really like that. The kid from Vanderbilt though is a guy to watch out. Oh, Luke uh, Cornette. Yeah, Luke Cornette. Yeah, we talked about him off the show before. He's a guy that shoots a three. Yeah, um, makes yeah, quite a bit of them. And he can protect the rim. Yep. The reason he didn't go dry, he's very, he's pretty, he's really slow, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's why he didn't go drafted. But I was reading, like I said, I was reading Fran Fraschilla's stuff to prepare for today. And he was saying that he thought Cornette would get drafted in the second round. So he's very, he's a good fit because he can protect the rim and shoot the three. And I think of all the, the guys, I think, uh, Hayes and Cornette have a pretty good chance to make the team. 
But don't be surprised if you uh, see Cornette like going back and forth from the D League. I think I think Cornette and Hayes will definitely be in Westchester this year. And, and I I think Cornette was a guy the Knicks uh, talked about working or, or they did work out. I'm pretty sure I saw reports. A few weeks ago, so he was somebody that was on their radar. So I'm sure they were thrilled that he wasn't drafted in the second round, and now they have a chance to at least let him compete for a roster spot, see what he can do uh, in the summer league, and perhaps maybe even on the a preseason roster. Nigel Hayes is interesting because a few months ago he says he he doesn't like New York. It's filled with trash. Yeah, talks about the people. Um, so maybe he doesn't play hard, so he doesn't have to be a New York Nick. Uh, yeah, I mean, I that would be interesting. It's kind of funny. He trashed the city, and now you know he's fighting for an NBA life, and it's with the team city that he, he trashed. So, uh, you know, I think the fans will remember that. So, if he doesn't play well, he'll hear it. If he plays well, whatever. We agree with him. The, the city's trash and everything else. You know, whatever. We'll let it pass. But we're gonna wrap mm-hmm. it up for this segment. When we come back, we're gonna. Discuss Derek Rose and the possibility of him returning to the Knicks. Hello, everybody. Matt Castillo, the co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York's social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Next State of Mind podcast. Now, what we're about to get into is, is something that was talked about before the draft, even, and, and since the draft was still going on, that's what we, we focused on last week, obviously. Um, but there was also reports today by Ian Begley talking about uh, Derek Rose interested in returning to the Knicks, and, and today with Ian Begley's uh, post that the Knicks have a high interest of bringing him back. So, Chip, I'm going to ask you, do you think it would be a smart move for the Knicks to bring back Derrick Rose? No, I don't. Uh, I think they just drafted a guy who they are hoping is their point guard for the next 10 years. So, why sign a guy, why sign a 28-year-old who is in the prime of his career, even though what we thought was going to be his prime is no longer his prime. He's on a different path now. Mm-hmm. He's not the player we thought he was going to be. He's still in his prime years. Why would you sign him to a contract? It's not his spot anymore. It's He's not the point. Dark Rose isn't the point guard of the future. Yeah. And a 28-year-old point guard, you're not, he's not, <clears throat> he's not a stopgap. A 28-year-old. And right now you should be signing a stopgap, a placeholder for Frank Nielakina, someone to mentor him. And I don't know about you, Matt, but if I have a teenager point guard, I don't want Derek Rose as his mentor. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like a nice guy, but I, I don't want my teenage point guard learning his habits from Derek Rose because Derek Rose has a lot of bad habits. It's interesting you bring that up that you know he's not the the greatest mentor and I agree with that, but I do think the Knicks should try to bring back Derrick Rose, and here's why. Really, it's what we talked about 
in the first segment, I don't believe Frank Nielakina is ready to be a starting point guard in the NBA. I think, like I said, he's coming off the bench in France, in, in the French League. The French League is not even close as talented as the NBA League. So how does he come from a bench player in France, which is not even, I wouldn't even say is the second best league in the world. I think that's in Spain. To come over to the best league in the world. I think Spain, yeah. Yeah, and become a starter. I don't think he's ready for that. And that's why I think, and it depends. It, it, It will depend on even if he's willing to take a cut, how much of a cut he's willing to take. And because the original reports early on in this season, he was saying that he wants a deal of $150 million. And I'm thinking somebody needs to make him go pee in a cup because he's on some drugs. Who in the <laughs> right mind will give Derrick Rose $150 million? It ain't going to happen. And I got news for him. It ain't going to happen. So if, no. if the money situation works out and it's a significant pay cut, it might be fair. I say, why not? Now, how many years? If you can sign him to two to three years, I, I, I don't see why not. If you're not investing too much money into him, and I think you're you're right. He's not the best influence, I, I think, on Neil Aquino because what Neil Aquino can learn from Rose is how to skip a game and just not come. Um, so we don't, we don't want Frank Neil Aquino learning how to do that. We, we want him to show up on game night and not just take off and shut off his cell phone and not talk to the team. Um, so with that being said, though, I don't think Neil Akina is quite ready to be the starting point guard. If he becomes a starter, I think it's a few years away. And, and even some of the scouts are saying that's another thing I don't understand. They're saying Neil Akina can start right now, but he's a few years away from reaching full potential. So how in the world is he a starting point guard? If it's going to take him a few years to reach his potential. That's why you buy time with Derrick Rose. I, I, I think he – and let's face it. Even if you bring back Derrick Rose, Neil Keen is still going to start at some point this year because Rose is going to have some time on the the injury report. We all know that's going to happen. Um, and, and I think with Derrick Rose gives you another scoring option. I'd take his 16 points and – I do wish that his assist numbers would go back up. Um, I will say I at least like Rose's ability to attack the basket. Uh, I think for whatever – he wasn't the greatest shooter throughout his whole career, but I think he's kind of going back downhill. You know, when he started with the Bulls, that was the weakest part of his game, and then he started to hit outside shots a little bit more consistent. And then I, I think last year I saw that there was plenty of games where he his jump shot is flat and kind of ugly but I think his ability to attack the basket and still be able to put the ball in the hoop the next need so I think it is a smart decision to bring back Derrick Rose or perhaps this chip if not Derrick Rose and we talked about this right before we did the show the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves despite making that trade for Jimmy Butler which by the way outstanding trade by them bringing in a player like that they're still looking to shop Ricky Rubio. They still want him gone because they want a, a guard that can shoot the ball. So maybe that's what the Knicks can do. Maybe they pursue Rubio. Um, 
But the bottom line is I think they need to find a guard that can do more on the offensive end in the terms of scoring. And that's why I think Derrick Rose is the a solid option if the money's right and i wouldn't sign him to a five-year deal i think that would be a disaster um but if you can sign him for a three-year deal why not i think it would buy some time for neil akina because i think where neil akina is going to be most effective is in short spurt minutes maybe 15 20 minutes a night so that's where i'm at with it do you see my point chip or, or do you think even if it's not Derek rose do you think there's somebody else? Maybe Drew Holiday, somebody else. Who would you think the Knicks? I I see. I see your point, but I, at the same time, it's not. You mentioned the money, mm-hmm. like you mentioned him asking for fifteen million a year or whatever it was. There was some report during the season that he was going to ask for a max contract. Yeah, that was the hundred fifty million. And yeah, yeah. And it's not as much about the money for me. It's about the years. Like, I would never commit to a deal worth more than two years for Derrick Rose. Never. That's insane. You can't commit long-term to the guy. Yeah. Now, as far as other... I, I think there's other options out there that you need to explore. I just do. I Then say giving... Say Derrick Rose comes to you and says... I'll sign, but for three years and sixty million or something. Come on, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane. That'd be twenty million dollars a year, or at some point would make around that. They could break it down. That's far too much for Derrick Rose. So my, uh, let me let me throw this at you though. Like okay. three years, forty-five million. Would you do that? Three years, forty-five million. I think. Mm-hmm. I think I would. But if really if it just became – I think the Knicks need to pursue another point guard in free agency. And if they cannot land another free agent – because let's be honest, Derrick Rose is still going to be there. There's other guys that are going to be taking off the board first. Uh, Drew Holiday, uh, maybe even uh, – I think George Hill is a, an option. Uh, the, the big name, Chris Paul. I don't think George Hill's coming to New York. No, no, no. But and, and a lot of these guys I'm about to mention are not. Stephen Curry, uh, Chris Paul, mm-hmm. guys like that, those are the top priorities when it comes to this uh, this free agent class. So I think why not try to go ahead and see if you can land another point guard? Because then if it is, then you, you say goodbye to Derrick Rose, no problem. Now, if you don't land one of those guards, they all sign somewhere else or stay with their team. I think the Knicks are back in that situation that they're always kind of stuck in. They don't have a choice. So I think though, if that happens, if you offer him $15 million per year for the next three years, one or two things are going to happen. I mean, and it kind of depends on how desperate Derek Rose actually is. Cause a lot of people think he's just desperate at this point. Not, not a whole lot of interest. I know that, there's been some reports about the Spurs interested in him, but I think the Spurs are going to go for that somebody much, much bigger. And I, that I think nonsense to me. No, no, yeah, I don't buy it either. I think they'll definitely go for somebody and, and have a much better chance, obviously, than the Knicks to obtain somebody with more or a better fit or somebody that that will give more production and not always be on the sideline hurt. 
But if all these names were off the board, one or two things could happen. The Knicks offer him that, and if he's desperate, he'll take it. But he also can use it to his advantage, maybe, that all these other guards are gone, and I'm going to take less money anyway, so maybe he can try to you know, handcuff the Knicks, saying, I'm your last option, give me more money. And that could turn into something like that. It could be just a mess, and I, I don't think the Knicks would do that. But at $15 million, I, I think you try to negotiate that down as best as you can. I think $12 million would be like the ideal number, in my opinion, $36 million over three years. Um, but let's be honest, I just gave Joaquin Noah $72 million. So there's uh, no telling what kind of money the Knicks would throw at somebody like Derrick Rose. But I, I just think the Knicks absolutely need to find somebody because I don't think – if you don't find anybody, you're, you're rolling with Neil Aquino. And more than likely, Ron Baker, which I like Ron Baker, but that to me is a little scary. I think the, like Ron Baker, I think, is best for a, a role player, a guy that plays, again, the same kind of minutes that Neil Aquino might be playing right now as a rookie, and that's where you're going to get production from him. So I, I think it's an option that if the Knicks totally strike out, which is always the case with them in free agency— and if Derrick Rose really wants to stay mm-hmm. that bad, I, I think it would be a wise move to bring in another point guard. I, I just think it would be safe. And who knows? You know, we're hearing some situations about Carmelo Anthony possibly being bought out. If Carmelo Anthony goes, where's the offense coming from? Because I'll tell you what, I don't think Christoph Brzingis is quite ready yet to be that consistent i'm gonna go out and get 25 to 30 points a, a night i, I don't he's see not. that i think he's gonna struggle if, if somebody like Carmelo anthony is gone and if the knicks don't have anybody else to kind of replace that um you know well i say this do i think if anthony leaves and rose signs does that make the knicks better not really but at least rose will provide a little bit more offense. I think uh, Courtney Lee's production then goes up. But at the end of the day, I just think there's there's so many scenarios right now with the Knicks. Um, I still don't buy into the buyout even thing of Carmelo Anthony. I still think he's just going to be a Nick and they're stuck with him. Because to me, I don't see any benefit of just cutting ties with him. You don't, you're not going to get anything either way. So you might as well just keep him and uh, get his – point production you get 20 points a game whatever it gives you a chance as long as you can find guys that can do their fill their role and, and play defense and i know i'm going a little bit off topic but the point is again i think the knicks absolutely need another point guard they can't just roll with neil Aquina and, and perhaps ron baker it would be a disaster that's just where i'm at so I, that's what i was going to say don't be surprised if the Knicks' opening day point guard next year is Ron Baker, starting point guard. I would not be surprised at all. It could be. And as much as I like Ron Baker, I just I don't see it. I think he's better off as a player that comes off the bench, like I just said, and, and will give production that way. Unless if perhaps his, his shooting ability improves, because I think he's a much better shooter than he showed in his rookie season. And I think he's somebody that is going to get better 
over time. Uh, so I really like Ron Baker, and I, I think it's a high possibility, Chip. But let me kind of throw this back at you. If Derek Rose is an option for the Knicks, if you're the Knicks, how much money would you be willing to pay him per year? I wouldn't go over 10 per year. Okay. I might consider 11 or 12, mm-hmm. but I would not go over 10 because they're only going to have like $20 million in cap room. Yeah. So... I think that's what I remember reading, like roughly $20 million in cap room, maybe a little bit over that. And even then, that was if they released the cap hold on Rose, I think. So if they re-sign Rose, look, I, no, I, I, there, there's no scenario in which I would endorse bringing back Derek Rose. Okay. But, yeah, it would have to be at a significant discount from the market price of point guards. And I think most of the elite for like the top five point guards in this class are going to get like 15 to 20 million a year. So like you mentioned, George Hill and Drew Holiday, both those guys are going to get 15 to 20 million this year. Yep. I wouldn't pay Derek Rose 15 to 20 million. Exactly. Yeah. With them being the top guards that are available. You're, yeah, you're right. And yeah, I, I, I just think again, though, my, my whole point of Derek Rose, it kind of depends on, who if the Knicks don't have a choice now? Would it might be wise just to go with Ron Baker and uh, Neil Akina? I again, I don't want to see because I just have a feeling it's going to be a very painful year. Uh, and either way, it still might be very painful for the next next year. Um, but I think there would be a mass struggle if if we don't have somebody that can put the ball in the hoop. And I don't think in that position we would get much production in that but it's kind of curious because i think there's mixed feelings towards derrick rose if uh fans want him back or not so i think that's going to be a very good uh poll question for our twitter page chip um if the nick fans definitely. would want uh derrick rose back so we'll definitely release that when we release this podcast and with that being said i think that's going to wrap it up for our show tonight um Again, just a reminder where you can find this podcast. I haven't said this in a couple of weeks, but you can find us on the radio section of Elite Sports NY. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and as well as on our Twitter page, NYKSOM Podcast on Twitter. And we post our podcast each and every week. And we also just want to say thank you to the fans that have been listening and um you know, our numbers are growing each week, and even participating in our fan polls, we really appreciate your feedback, and we encourage all our listeners and fans to keep getting involved with us. But we'll be back next week for another edition of the Nick State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening.